I'm Euro. I'm Chris. And this is Fork Bomb. Monday, April 24th, 2017. Episode 8, Learning About Gopher. So what is Gopher? Gopher could be considered the, the predecessor to, to the, the uh, modern web. It was popular before the World Wide Web, but only very briefly before, like by a matter of months. And it's still kept alive today um, by hobbyists through systems like uh, the Floodgap public gopher server and through things like the Overbuy project. Um, I guess before we, before we get into it, though, I should ask, um, did you ever use gopher when you were younger, Euro? No, not really. Um... I had seen the, the gopher links um, advertised. Interesting that I'm using the word advertised. We'll talk about that later. But I had seen the, the word, uh, the, the gopher site advertised on various BB, uh, BBSs. So um, so I, I knew of gopher. I, I just wasn't, uh, I'd never gone uh, through one of the gopher holes. And, uh, <laughs> and I'd, never, uh, I'd never installed any protocol or anything like that to be able to navigate through gopher space. So no, I haven't. How about you, Chris? Nope. Like um, like our other topics about technology's past, um, I don't have much n- much nostalgia for them. But I feel like I missed out on a lot of a lot of stuff. So like the Amiga and like BBSs, uh, Gopher was on my list of things that I wanted to learn, and I, I, I was glad to see that it still has a um, a small following and is still kept alive by a few uh, diehards out there. Yeah, it's definitely interesting that uh, you know people are still keeping it. Uh, uh, they're still keeping it around. Uh, still functions, and even the search engines are still. Uh, the bots are still going out there and, and searching through Gopher Space. Um, uh, so uh, we wanted to say a little bit more about uh, Gopher, but uh, you know the thing is that uh, the interesting thing is that uh, both the first World Wide Web page and Gopher came on on the same year, 1991, which is interesting. However, the World Wide Web wasn't popular at all at that time, and Gopher was catching traction. And actually, Tim Berners-Lee, he actually announced the first World Wide Web on Gopher Space because of the the rapid um, user base that that Gopher was getting. So I I thought that was uh, pretty interesting how how Gopher helped... uh, I guess, um, solidify the growth of the World Wide Web. I, I don't know if that was intended, but... Uh, no, we uh, it, might not have the web without Gopher. Right. It was... Uh, it's. It definitely had its moment. And, uh, in fact, um, Tim Berners-Lee had a hard time um, gaining traction with the, the, uh, the uh, World Wide Web. Um, so, without using Gopher... As Launchpad. In fact, I think um, one of our previous guests, uh, Gene McCooley, mentioned he learned about the uh, World Wide Web by by using Gopher. Oh wow, wow, yeah, that uh, that's neat. So, uh, what about its origins? Gopher was created as a way to make uh, accessing information on the internet uh, more organized, more structured. See, back then it was kind of chaotic. Um, you had FTP sites. And you had lots. Well, you had lots of FTP sites back then, and um, it was it was kind of hard to search through them. It was hard to even find them. Right. There was no easy way to figure out which servers had what. Um, and that's right. Where the servers were, and Gopher was created as an answer to that problem. Right. Through Gopher, um, 
anybody could go online, uh, jump through one of those gopher holes, which uh, I love saying that, um, and uh, and then and find you can do a search and find exactly what you need versus just going online and that's it. You have no idea. You know what you want to do, but you have no idea how to get there. You don't know what FTP sites are available. Nothing. You just know you're searching for something and there's no search engine to help you. So good luck. And most of the time you would just dial into, well, dial in. Uh, you would just log in and, uh, <laughs> and, and, and hope you could find the FTP server you would need, which at that point, I guess it would just give you the address, right? In that article that um, that we were reading on the Minnesota Post, I think it was, um, it said that it was the equivalent of knocking on someone's door and asking if you can walk off with their piano, <laughs> which is a, an odd analogy, but I, I thought it was funny. Well, what if I don't have a piano? <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, maybe the next person does. Try the next guy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely um, Gover helped with that. And uh, it was it was a great answer to to that to to that need and the way that it helped with that um which based on its uh, central goal stated in its its rfc which stands for re, uh, re request for comment um is it has a it's a file system like hierarchical arrangement so they figured people are used to browsing files and folders and that's how they set gopher up uh, kind of as menus and submenus, and to create gopher sites it had a very simple syntax um, i'm guessing more simple than html i didn't really dig much into creating my own but from what little i did see it did look pretty easy sure well i mean you're right about that simple syntax i mean and gopher was also one of those systems that be that could be created quickly and very inexpensively which actually um after doing a little bit of research about Gopher, it was interesting that the University of Minnesota was actually looking for money back then. Uh, I guess um, Gopher was so inexpensive that they needed to figure out a way to make some money out of it. And uh, it just wasn't um, wasn't one of those viable options. And actually, after a looks like there was an argument in a, a committee about what they were going to do with Gopher moving forward because um, they only had six guys to support it and they needed many more people to support this. In fact, the University uh, of Minnesota was against it to begin with. Yes. Um, they were they were primarily oriented around uh, mainframes. They wanted everything to be um, running on a mainframe. And when Mark, Mark McCahill and team wrote Gopher, they wrote the server on on a consumer grade decentralized Macintosh. Yeah, it, it was made to be decentralized and federated, and mm -hmm. it was outright rejected. In fact, he was told, "No, you can't work on on Gopher anymore." So um, I don't know if he, it was him or somebody else that threatened to quit, and so he spoke with uh, he spoke with one of the uh, the board and the council, right. Um, and so uh, they they allowed him to uh, to kind of pursue to continue to pursue Gopher um, because it was it was about to it was about to be killed before it really even started. I mean, <laughs> and so in response, he they um, they released it uh, they released it to the public, and after that, people started finding it and started getting in contact saying uh, uh, with the university of Minnesota saying, uh, Hey, this is great, but when is it going to be 
updated? When is this start? Gonna, when is it going to start getting more features? And the and imagine the surprise. University of <laughs> Minnesota was like, um, we thought it was dead. <laughs> right, right. So imagine their surprise when they're like, "What do you mean? All these people are are calling us and asking us when it's going to get updated." <laughs> oh, and uh, side note: the um, first uh, Mac that the first Gopher server was running on was called the Mother Gopher. Yes, wasn't it? No, it was in a Mac in a closet that they had. Uh, I believe it was an Apple II. Oh boy, CS. Uh, it wasn't an Apple II. It was um, different Mac, right? It was an actual Macintosh. Okay. Okay, I was thinking of something else. Something with uh, like 10, 10 Apple IIs networked together. Anyway, um, so yeah, what about the um, what about the interface, Chris? What, what did you think about it when, when you were I found going it, through? And, mm-hmm. I found it very, very simple. Um, I believe you, you looked at it through the Overbyte project through a web browser. I did it through the Gopher command line utility. Um, so... In my case, I was on Linux. I just did apt-get install Gopher, ran Gopher, and it was already set up to, um, oh, what is that server's name? It was already set up to look at the... Um, was it FloodGap? Or? Yes, thank you, FloodGap. It was mm-hmm. already set up to look at the public FloodGap server that was talking about, this is Gopher, this is what Gopher does. And uh, navigation was just up and down, menus were numbered, press enter, goes into a submenu, Presenter goes into another submenu with there's text on it. It was very easy to get around and find stuff very fast too. Um, and the reason that uh, the reason that it was so intuitive is it's designed to be that way. It is a strictly enforced hierarchical structure, meaning it it's enforced to be created like that. You can't create it in any other way. And it was so easy that to quote the um, Mark Mark McCahill's goal when he was creating it, it was so easy that even an English major could do it. Sorry to any <laughs> English majors out there, uh, but this sorry, was sorry uh, English majors. This uh, this isn't our quote. This stemmed out of uh, out of academia, bunch of computer scientists. So I guess they looked down on English majors in some way, shape, or form. Right. Um. So I I, I used it too using the. Uh, through the Overbyte uh, project, uh, they have an extension on uh, Firefox that I downloaded, and then uh, it also led me to the FloodGap page, uh, which made things very easy because FloodGap also has the link to Veronica Two, which is the search engine that uh, that um, that I was using to find other other Gopher sites. Uh, so it was incredibly easy to use. I mean, it's uh, how do how should I put it? Menus that lead to other menus. That's pretty much how, how you could uh, how um, how you could define Gopher once you're in it. Uh, uh, just think about a menu that uh, where you're ordering food, uh, but there's no images, no pictures of the food. You just see you just have a menu there, and you have a numbered list of items that you can order, and it has a description of each. That is uh, what a Gopher site looks like. Uh, I did see some ASCII um, some some ASCII. Uh, uh, I guess intro to the site, not full animated or anything like that. Just like a nice little ASCII uh, splash art, but um, but that's about it as it, um, as that goes. And actually, um, no CSS either. So there was no formatting uh, except uh, you know this this very strict menu system. But uh, there there was no no tables or anything like that. It was just plain text and links to go to other other sub menus. So no images, no CSS. 
uh, no dynamic content. I didn't see anything uh, where you could um, where where you could click submit and do other things and uh, you know there was nothing that would pass one variable to another variable and then you would get an output. Nothing like that. You know, so definitely no eBay uh, unless it was more like more like more like Craigslist in that uh, you would just see the text there and that's it. Uh, but uh, one of the interesting things is that I was actually able to read Fido News and I don't know if you uh, remember but uh, when we were doing our BBS episode we we were on uh, we were able to get on FidoNet which was that larger BBS network that uh, that was around uh, that connected all the BBSs together so um, so I was actually able to read uh, Fido News through the Gopher site somebody had a link to it and uh, uh, I thought that was that was neat. They just had various FidoNet posts, so I don't know if it was done uh, automatically through some sort of uh, bot that would go and just capture the text and put it up, or if it was done by somebody actually manually typing it into the site. Either way, I got to uh, to see uh, the Fido News, uh, FidoNet newsletter, Fido News. That's pretty interesting. I um, did not get to that part. I should mention uh, when you said links. Um, that those links are not sitting in the middle of a sentence like you're used to on a regular website. It's only just a a single line. The whole line is the link. So that that's the menu item. Um, one link doesn't lead to some other page that leads to some other page. It's just you have a bit of text and then a numbered menu entry and then a bit of text and then a number menu entry. And only those numbered menu entries that have their own line, that have their own space, actually take you somewhere else yeah it's it's different from the world wide web that's for sure it, it looks so, a little bit more more primitive it's yeah. simpler so i want to elaborate a little bit more on the search system um one thing that they wanted when they built gopher was for it to be um uh fully tech uh to to be able to do full text searches and there are three search engines uh of sorts built around Gopher, Archie, Veronica, and Jughead, which anyone old enough can see the the, the uh, theming there. Um, Archie was made for searching for stuff based on basis of file names, so I'm guessing uh, doing searches for sp- specific files. For Veronica, it looks like it searches based on menu items. So for example, if I do a search for Unix, and there is a menu link that has a has the word uh, Unix in it, that it would return that. And Jughead, I'm not sure what Jughead is. The only description that I could find was Jughead is available at some Gopher sites and uses the menu items on a single Gopher menu as its database. I only tried Veronica, but I found it interesting that there were other uh, search engines built for it as well. Right. I only got a chance to try Veronica too um, as well. Um, actually, you know what? It's interesting that Veronica too is still still active and in, in indexing uh, Gopher Space. Um, there's not that many servers out, but uh, but it's it's still out there scouring the uh, the internet for other Gopher sites. So um, there's about 140 servers still active. Right, which is actually down from what it used to be. I think it was uh, 160 before in 2012, and then it went down to 140. Actually, Chris, we might be down to 130. Uh, I don't remember um, from my research. I don't remember where we were exactly at now, but it, it, it might have gone down a little bit. But the good thing is that it, overall it's increasing from what it used to be back in 1999. 
Um, the uh, the thing about the thing about searching on Gopher is that it's not as intuitive uh, to a native web user. So see, I'm using I'm used to uh, using uh, Google, and Google does that fantastic page rank system. So um, this is not something that I saw in Gopher Space. Um, it seemed like it would just pick up anything that had the word and would just put it up. So if it was on the if it was on the subject um, of the site, it would it would bring it up, and it didn't really matter which uh, what order it brought it up in. Uh, versus Google, where it does that that relevancy um, with that page ranking system and how many times that word is actually in the page. Um, so Go Gopher didn't really or Veronica too didn't really do that. So you could end up potentially clicking on the first link and it might mention the word once. So um, uh, I didn't really think it was as intuitive. Um, um, so then the other thing, of course, um, there's not as many pages available as the World Wide Web. Uh, and one example is, uh, so I, I just recently got a PS4 finally. And, um, and so I was curious and I typed in PS4 in, um, in the Veronica 2 search box and it returned one hit, just one. When you do it in Google, you type in PS4, you get tons and tons of hits. Uh, so um, I guess at least I should be thankful that I got one hit for PS4. So somebody out there wrote about that. Um, but that's because PS4 was in the menu entry. It, it, yeah. it, it didn't seem yes. to be um, searching the full text of right. each, each um, page, space, hole. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure what the official term is. I think it's gopher space. Mm-hmm. Right, right, yeah. It, it um, it's definitely not the same. Um, another thing too that I noticed is some pages are not available, but they're displayed on the search engine. So maybe that server's down. But when when it was doing the uh, when when uh, when the search bot was out there looking for uh, go for spaces, we can go with that. Uh, go for spaces. Um, it was on at the time, and now it's off. I, I don't know. Um, but uh, but yeah, it would still result as a. Uh, it would still put the name up. Um, downloading videos, music files, images, and all that stuff um, is pretty easy. Uh, you just click on a link, and it would it would download it. But it would just download the file to your computer. There was no previews, nothing other than text that would tell you what the file was that you were going to download. And then you just click it, and then boom, it would just download it to your uh, to your computer. So uh, that's something. That's another one of those things that uh, that was interesting. So to be fair, though, um, even even the web back then still didn't have any any images or previews. Sure, um, early web. But spe- speaking of the web, um, so the Gopher, as it stands now, is is um, intended to coexist with the web. If um, so, some Gopher sites have links to web pages, and if you're using something like the over the Overbyte project, which lets you view a Gopher space just like any regular page in your browser, it'll um, leave the Gopher space and bring up that web page. Um, so that's that's all client side, but uh, server side, well, and client side too. They both require very few system resources. I mean, it you can run it on a toaster, you can run it on anything that counts as a computer made in the past. I don't know, 20 years, it, it, it'll run Gopher just fine um, because it, it's all just plain text. It really hasn't evolved. And there's something kind of nice about that because the web now is 
extremely large and bloated, and I still can't believe we, a machine with four gigabytes of RAM barely has enough to run Chrome. That That's still kind of, I don't know. I blame it on the me. advertisement. Yeah. All the ads. <laughs> um, but I think my favorite part about Gopher was browsing through Flogs, P-H-L-O-G-S, kind of like uh, blogs, but in Gopher spaces. And people maintain these even today and um, just talk about their 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 lives and stuff like that. I'll have a little bit more on that later. Is it the same as a blog, as a, as a web blog? It's just there's no tech, uh, no images, sorry? Kind of, yeah. Um, kind of like a web diary, but not web. Gopher, gopher diary. I guess I should have, um, I can mention this part now. We, we did have it for later, but with, with vlogs, I saw people talking about, uh, their, their experiences learning how to code, uh, them playing around with operating systems, um, food recipes, uh, video games, and even one little, uh, corner, as seems to be the case with every hobbyist technology, there's always one thing that's talking about the Church of the Subgenius, which is a parody religion that's all about, uh, Bob Dobbs and Slack, but uh, <laughs> and it's slack. a it's a funny thing, and that's neither here nor there. But I digress. Um, that's great. I'm gonna look that up. <laughs> another thing that's that's really nice about Gopher is there are no ads and no commercials, and that's part of why the web won out. That was what really pushed it forward. Was like, hey, uh, we're gonna you know be gung ho about commercializing this one day. So money, please. Well, I can't imagine watching porn, looking at a porn yeah. site on Gopher. Um, you know how everything runs on uh, everything. Every new technology. Every new technology, right. Every new technology is, uh, what is it, powered by porn or something like that? Uh, either way, uh, I don't really see how Gopher could have could have helped there. And I, once the World Wide Web uh, came out with images and everything, <clears throat> I think even the creators knew by then that it would die off gopher w- wouldn't wouldn't succeed where the web could and mostly because of images and uh and images could bring advertisement advertisement can bring porn and so there you go <laughs> ergo porn um but thankfully um these the these gopher spaces are still actively maintained so you have to uh, give it up for the hobbyists there um it's because uh without them we we wouldn't have had this had this experience and uh we wouldn't have learned um what that piece of history was like um i think there's one other way that we did not cover for using gopher and if you don't have the gopher command line utility or you don't feel like installing a browser extension there are also there are also gopher proxies um which you just put in a gopher url and it it renders it as a web page and Floodgap uh, runs a public uh, Gopher proxy, which we'll put in the show notes. Right. So you don't even need a Gopher client in order to to search these websites and or uh, you know Gopher Spaces. Um, you don't even need a, a client or anything. So um, I, I encourage everybody to at least look at it. Um, it's an important part of of the internet's history and computing history overall. So. Um, so I encourage everyone to, to go out there and 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 just just look at it for yourself and, and see how it how it evolved and and, um, and what people used back then, which wasn't really that long ago. Uh, do you mind if I uh, talk about some of my uh, favorite spots? <laughs> go for it. The Super Dimensional Fortress. 
I don't know if that's a gopher server in and of itself or the gopher or a gopher space. I think it's a gopher space running on the floodgap server. Um, but there you can get your own personal gopher space and your own uh, Unix shell account. Um, I did sign up for a um, for, for my own shell account with the intention of making my own gopher space. I never actually did, but it was neat to see the shell account. It was running on a little NetBSD server um, off out somewhere. Uh, I think it's running on some. Um, IBM PowerPC machine, if I'm not mistaken. And, and how much did it cost you, Chris? The what? How much did it cost you? Oh, nothing. It was free. All right. <laughs> Completely free. I mean, but that's what Gopher's about, you know? Right. Um, the Flogosphere, we um, kind of kind of already discussed, but I think that was my absolute favorite part. Uh, just It's a place where people go and talk about what they did for the weekend or what they're learning about. Um, and... It should be mentioned that blogs today, there is a commenting aspect to it. Like people write a blog entry and then there's comments and then there's spam in the comments. There's no comments. People are doing this because they just enjoy it. They don't want to hear back from you. They don't care. They're just writing it in the hopes that somebody else reads it, but they don't need to know if somebody did. They're fine with that. Interesting. No like feedback. That. And um, another thing that I found that was interesting was um, the admins... Uh, for Floodgap, managed to hook um, viewing of the server's logs and the server's uh, temperature into Gopher itself. So there was one one Gopher space that would just list the previous temperatures for the past hour or so, um, or just keep a, a running tail of, of the uh, logs, um, which I guess is convenient for a Gopher admin just to use Gopher. Temperatures uh, for their machine or... For the for the, the servers itself. That's oh, the servers. Mm. For the uh, Gopher servers. Very cool. I'm sure that's useful for him. So, so what did you find interesting? Um, <laughs> actually, it was more in the history that I that I, I found interesting. Um, yeah, there was there was some stuff that that I had. Uh, yeah, I, I mentioned that I had searched for PS4. Um, I tried searching for all kinds of stuff. Uh, I even typed in porn to see what would happen, and I had I got I got back some. Some interesting uh, blog posts of stories. So uh, I guess <laughs> uh, fantasy stories <laughs> for science, so, though. For science, sure, and it, it works well for that. So um, yeah, that's that was that. Uh, I, I just like more the the history aspect of uh, of Gopher. Also, the decentralized nature was uh, pretty neat. Um, it it uh, kind of reminds me a little bit of peer to peer. As far as you know, that well, that portion where it's decentralized, but um, yeah, yeah, I really like the history. That was my favorite part. Um, <clears throat> I do have some interesting tidbits about uh, about Gopher, and uh, and again, going back to the history and uh, maybe a little bit uh, beyond. But um, so the creator, Mark McCahill, he was actually the one that coined the term "surf the internet" because he was th- thinking like a. I don't know if it was parasailing or, or something, but... Uh, he, he's a windsurfer. To... Go ahead, what? He's a windsurfer. A windsurfer, right. He's a, a windsurfer. So he, he coined the term surf the internet. And I, I thought that was great because uh, um, we've all used that term at, at least once. So uh, that, that, was, uh, that was great. Um, another interesting thing is that the, there was actually a snapshot of Gopher Space as it was in 2007. That was going around BitTorrent and actually still available today. Um, so, what do you mean by a snapshot? Like, like I, I suppose that this 
that this torrent contains all of the all of the gopher pages and all of their content all in one file can you imagine doing that now with the with the World Wide web that's like downloading the web right the whole web the whole web and 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 you can download the entire gopher space as it was in 2007 wow <laughs> yes which is incredible and actually I wonder how big it is uh, I mean, it's text, and I'm sure it's compressed, so yeah. I can't imagine it being really, really big. No images, so... It's probably quite small. Quite. Um, as I mentioned before, Gopher has been experiencing a small growth. Um, so there were more servers back, uh, back, I believe, in 2012, but it's up from 2007, which in 2007, there were lo- fewer than 100 Gopher, um, Gopher spaces, um, and, uh, and now we're up to, uh, what I think is 133, 133 servers, which were indexed by Veronica too. And so, uh, small growth, very slow growth, but, uh, I'm glad those hobbyists are keeping it around. Uh, that's fantastic. That's great. Um, I'm super happy that we were able to, to go in there and actually see what it was instead of just reading up on it. We were actually able to experience it. So, uh, definitely thank you very much, uh, uh, hobbyists um another interesting thing is that gopher support was actually disabled in internet explorer so it had it before uh, and it was disabled in version 5 and 6 uh there was a patch that uh was intended to reduce browser vulnerability so um yeah completely killed it off there and internet explorer being the largest browser um especially back then um that that uh that definitely had an impact on uh, on, on gopher itself I bet that made the news. Uh, probably. I think At it happened in news. 2002. I think that's yeah. when it was. Um, so, uh, but another interesting thing is that Gopher Space is actually um, reachable on mobile platforms. So Android, Apple, um, on the Apple on the uh, Apple side, you can use iGopher, which is our proprietary client uh, to reach Gopher Space. And uh, I'm not quite sure on Android yet, but, uh, but um, I'm sure there's plenty of apps out there that you can use. If you wanted to uh, to go through that, to go through Gopher Space on your phone, so that's pretty neat too. Um, so I guess at this point we should probably talk about what actually caused it to to fail. And I know we I know we mentioned it briefly about the no images and whatnot. Um, There's one thing that we did not mention. It was the dominant way to use the internet. It was more popular than the World Wide Web at one point. Like by by leaps and bounds, it, right. it, it was experiencing exponential growth. So when it fell, I mean it it fell. It fell pretty hard. It fell far. It fell hard. And you know the interesting thing about it is it didn't really take that long for it to fall. It only took a few years. The World Wide Web caught up. It caught up very fast, uh, very quickly, and uh, and that was it. And then people started to use that instead. I'm gonna go back to blaming AOL for everything. So I blame AOL. Yeah, fuck those guys. Um, besides the no images uh, portion of Gopher th- that uh, that uh, almost single-handedly removed Gopher from its competition, um, another thing too was faster modems. So faster modems came out. I think back then the World Wide Web was called the World Wide Wait, something like that. Yep. Uh, because the modems were so slow, so uh, rendering pages, uh, web pages with images was very slow. Uh, but then web uh, modems started getting faster, and they started. Uh, those modems were included with uh, machines. Some of them, some of the modems were built in, and they came built in with laptops and whatnot. 
So the World Wide Web all of a sudden got faster and images could be loaded faster and that pretty much killed Gopher because um, as we all know, you need to load those images faster. So um, so there was no need for, for text only anymore. Um, and you know, the, the interesting thing is that world, there are uh, web pages that are text only. So um, that's, that was something else that the that websites could contain text only pages. Um, that and um, as we mentioned previously, it, the web was advertised on Gopher. People learned about the web through Gopher. Right. So that that uh, definitely uh, uh, contributed. Its its popularity contributed to its downfall. Yeah, it's so unfortunate. I mean, I don't know what the world would be like. It'd be actually interesting to do one of these episodes with what would the world be like if Gopher was the only thing around. Uh, but um, but I think we're better off with the web. Maybe. It would have evolved. We would have eventually had images. We would have eventually had commercialization. Uh, but maybe maybe it would be more structured, easier to use. Maybe um, it would be more efficient uh, today than the current web is. But what about the flash intros, the five-minute ones? <laughs> <laughs> we would still have those somehow. Interesting. Wouldn't that kind of break gopher space, though, and... And uh, if you had all of these uh, different dynamics, if you added all that to, to Gopher Space, um, wouldn't that kind of defeat the purpose? Wouldn't we just call it the web? Probably wouldn't call it the web, but uh, we, we'd certainly call it something. I don't know. Maybe it, it would have never achieved the, the uh, critical mass that the web gained. Um, sure. It's hard to say. You know, another one of those things that, that the web needs is constant. Uh, oh wait, uh, what about uh, what about uh, cybersecurity? I wonder if that was a if that would be an issue now with with Gopher. It depends on what we do with it. Every new feature is a new uh, vulnerability. The more complex it becomes, the more insecure it becomes. Right. PayPal and Gopher space. I mean the uh, the day we got the ability to send information to websites, then that became sending passwords and credit mm-hmm. cards and. Uh, so that's when we, that's when we really started having problems, um, right? Uh, with the web with the web security wise, I guess the Gopher space is pretty secure, mostly because there is there isn't that much interactivity with it. Right. It's it's so simple. Mm-hmm. There won't be any uh, image file. I mean, uh, the worst that can happen is you can intentionally download and run something. Right. That's about it. That's about it. And that something you download could be malicious. That's about it, though. Hmm. There's that. There's something nice about a, the the uh, plain text plain text experience, though, especially from a hobbyist perspective, because the content is I don't know. It's um. There's much more to explore. There's much more that's genuinely interesting. Much less cruft to look through. Um. You don't know what you're looking for, but but you're gonna find something, and that something won't be an ad. That something won't be uh fake download button um that's something won't be a a listicle no surveys you have to fill out right it's all actual content right i almost felt like i was watching pbs when i was on go for space you know no commercials <laughs> yeah not um, not 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 as uh elegant as one of these commercial uh channels like cbs and whatnot but still you know it was it was good i don't think it ever um expanded past those those six guys either did it as far as um the the creators of it 
Yeah, I think it died after that. Uh, wasn't the staff not able to provide timely updates? That's another thing that led to the downfall. No updates. People asking, you know, when is it going to have this? When is it going to have that? And they're all, right. we're six guys. Come on. Right. They were just trying to keep it together. And they had jobs. And they had jobs. So this wasn't even their primary thing. Right. Well, <sighs> I think that brings us, brings us to uh, to the end of our look at Gopher. I like learning about Gopher. Um, it's uh, it's interesting, you know. I I appreciate it. I, I definitely appreciate it now more than I did before. I just knew that it existed before. Didn't know anything about it. So I definitely learned to appreciate it. Me too. It um, wasn't quite as fun as, I don't know, learning about the uh, the Amiga. But, I mean, there was a lot of gee whiz bang there. Um, but, um, I don't know, this was, this was like watching an interesting documentary where, where you walk away knowing more than you did before. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. That's how I, that's a, that's how, that's how I feel about it, too. It was good, and I'm, I'm glad we were able to talk about it. Well, shall we, um, shall we wrap it up then? Yep. So this concludes our, our show. Um, actually, Chris, we should probably let people know where they can reach us if, uh, if they wanted to, um, to discuss, uh, some of our topics or if they had any ideas of, of something that we should talk about. Um, yeah, that's, that's right. We often, um, we often forget about that. Um, right. you can contact us through email at, uh, forkbombpodcast at gmail.com. Um, you're, I believe, you know, about the Twitter and Twitter handles and Facebook pages or page fork, bot, pop fork. Wow. (laughs) Fork bomb podcast. Uh, just, just type in fork bomb. Uh, you can type in fork bomb technology and other nerdy stuff on Facebook or probably just fork bomb. Uh, you'll be able to find us. Um, it has a, uh, it's, it's the first page that comes up. So, uh, you can type fork bomb on Facebook and you can also find us on Twitter you type in fork bomb podcast so uh we'd love to hear from you um and uh we'd love to get some feedback on the show um and uh and any ideas that you guys may have about any upcoming episodes uh, stuff if you guys would like to be a guest on our show uh we can arrange it so uh, definitely would like to hear from you yes definitely or if there's any place where uh we were in error um would love to hear about that too yes yes please please well that uh that concludes episode eight um as always uh thank you euro this this was fun thanks chris good night good night